On Friday, our church got a chance to watch a lighthearted movie called Yes Day. It's about parents who grow tired of always saying no. It's a real struggle with kids who always push the limits. I feel this. I've been there, both as a parent and as a child. In fact, I remember Senior Skip Day. I let it slip, not thinking it was going to be a big deal. I was wrong. Mom said, no. No, no, no. Now I was stuck, so I thought I would try Dad. He was even more direct. Not a chance. In fact, if you skip, there will be even more trouble to pay. You've got to be kidding me. All of my friends were skipping. This was such a stupid thing. I should have never brought it up. I hated when my parents said no. No, no, no. I was always uh, struggling with this. I didn't always make the best decisions as a child. After all, my frontal lobe was still developing. Yeah, let's go with that. That sounds a whole lot better than the fact that I was a stubborn, strong-willed child who always wanted his own way. The fact of the matter is, history has a way of showing that my parents were right far, often, far more often than they were wrong. But the problem was that my parents liked to say no, and, and, and th that was a struggle for me. And at times, it became their default answer. So if I already knew that they were going to say no, I simply stopped asking their permission. Our world has a saying, it's easier to ask forgiveness than permission. This saying tells us two key things. First, it shows that a system is stuck and that the default is no and, and that there's a lot of red tape. Second, it shows that our hearts are defiant. And that was the case in my story. It showed that, that I was out of step with my parents, and that was also true. The biggest problem of saying no all the time is that, well, it's not that they said no too often, but, but it's what I heard. You see, when we grow up, how we grow up impacts how we view life. And, and not only how I viewed life, but then how I began to experience religion and ultimately how I viewed God. Our views of God change and, and, and they begin to impact how we see things. And, and one of the most common things that I hear about religion is that religion is just a bunch of rules. It's a list of don't do this and do that. And it's rules, rules, rules. And God is this cosmic killjoy, a tyrant. It's this image of, of God who is out of touch. It's an old man sitting on his lofty throne, just waiting to smite us and throw lightning bolts at us every time we get out of step. This Monty Python view of God has led a whole generation of people who say, I'm spiritual, but not religious. You see, there's this rejection of a false, tyrannical God a religious system built on stereotypes. It's a stereotype of God who always says no. So why would anyone want to be a Christian? You see, you miss out on all the fun stuff of life. This is what our world really thinks, and this is what I struggled with as a kid. It's all about rules. It's all about going to church multiple times a week as for me as a kid, giving up money, giving up my time on all of these boring things that just didn't make sense to me. 
How could any of this lead to life, to lead to fun, lead to a life that I actually wanted? And so I struggled with this and I struggled with doubt. Is this the life that I wanted? If God is real, maybe I should just ask forgiveness rather than permission. Maybe if I just waited to the very end and then pulled out the last second get out of jail free card, then I could have the best of both worlds. You know, maybe I could just be like the thief on the cross who just asked Jesus for forgiveness at the very last second. I know this is taking that story totally out of context and totally missing the point, but that's what I thought. It's a foolish idea built on a warped view of God. It's wrong, but don't just take my word for it. Let's take a moment to look at Scripture. You can see, many of us have been there, and maybe you've been there in the past, or maybe you're there this morning. And so let's turn to Scripture and see what Scripture has to show us about God. And so this morning, we're going to look at Luke chapter 11, starting in verse 9. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those of you who ask him? You see, this passage points to a far different view of God. It's far different than this tyrant on a throne who is just ready to smite us. But before we dig into this passage and see what it's saying, I want us to reflect on what our world gets right and just reflect on for a second on what we saw in the movie. You see, uh, what our world gets right is the truth is sometimes it's easier for parents to just say no. And sometimes it's easy for leaders in organizations and institutions to just say no. Just say no is a great slogan for drugs. But when it comes to our default and our default in church, it begins to communicate a tone that isn't aligned with the heart of God. I get it. We talk about it in recovery all the time. If you don't want to get drunk, then don't drink. If you don't want to drink, then don't go to a bar. If you don't want to go to a bar, then don't drive down the road that goes past that street. These are good principles, but sometimes over the years, we wind up adding to the Word of God to the point where we become more religious. We have more rules than Jesus. And this is exactly what Jesus had to confront with the Pharisees. The Pharisees were the religious rulers of Jesus' day. And they were so concerned about not doing wrong that they began to add hundreds and hundreds of rules and laws that kept them away from sinning. That was their heart. The problem is sin was always still there in their hearts. And the law couldn't stop it. In Luke 13, this is why Jesus got in trouble with the Pharisees um, 
Because in their minds, keeping the Sabbath holy meant that no work and no work meant no healing on the Sabbath. But Jesus healing someone on the Sabbath was all about honoring God. That was Jesus's heart. He knew the spirit of the law and Jesus wanted to honor and glorify God. And so he did heal. He knew the spirit of the law. And so sometimes we need to step back and see the bigger principle. We need to reevaluate the spirit of the law. And sometimes we need to learn to say yes. But you see, although the movie sometimes gets it right, the movie doesn't always get it right. You see, where our world sometimes gets it wrong or often gets it wrong is saying yes with no boundaries is not love. It's a failure to understand where the path of least resistance will lead us. It's a failure to understand addiction. And one of the things that, that breaks my heart uh, most is when I see kids in the foster care system who have experienced the trauma of absentee parents or neglect when kids have no direction, the choices they make often lead to real trauma and pain. No good parent tells their kids to go play in the street. Well, unless, of course, you live in a cul-de-sac. But, but the truth of the matter is, we all know that with authority comes responsibility. But where there is privilege without discipline, it leads to destruction. Think about the story of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15. He took his inheritance from his father, which was meant to be a blessing. But without wisdom, it led to his own downfall. Was the son really experiencing his best life once the money ran out? Maybe, maybe we think, well, maybe if his money just hadn't have run out, he would still be experiencing the good things. Nope. The story is clear that the money was only covering up that his life was empty and that his friends were fake. This is where our world gets it wrong. Sometimes love requires us to do what is good in the long term, and that's to say no. Because it's not just about what's good in the present moment. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train your children in the way that they should go, and when they grow old, they will not depart from it. Now, that's what it means to say no. Sometimes God is pointing us into a much bigger principle. God is revealing his heart. And so now let's take a moment to look specifically at the verses that we just read and what they teach us about the heart of God. Verse 9 and 10 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. God commands us to ask. God isn't distant or trying to avoid us. He is right here, right now. God isn't a tyrant. No, he's just waiting for you to ask. He's waiting for each one of us to turn to him and ask for his help. 
talk about a loving God, he is telling us, he's telling you, he's telling me that he's just waiting for us to ask for his help. That is his heart. Your prayers aren't bothering him. And for when you seek, he promises that you will find him. That's his heart. But he isn't finished there, and he continues on in verses 11 through 13. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? It's God's heart. He wants to give us good things. He wants to give us his Holy Spirit. He wants to pour out his blessings on each one of us. This is his pleasure. It's like Christmas time and Jesus is just waiting. The Father is just waiting for us to open up this perfect gift that he wants to give to each one of us. And it's a surprise, but but it's he's put so much thought and energy into it and he's just there's this anticipation that he just wants to pour out his love on each one of us, knowing that the gift that he's gonna give us is exactly what we needed. This is God's heart for you. It's God's heart for me. It's God's heart for each one of us. And just like our hearts are are there and, and for our children, so much more God's heart is for each one of us. He wants our best. Psalm 50 verse 10 says, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And it's his desire to pass on his blessings to each one of us, his children. That's his heart for you and for me. And that means that if and when God puts rules in our lives, and if and when God says no, that these rules are there for our own good. You see, God is trying to warn us from going off track. God is trying to warn us from hurting ourselves. You see, these warnings are designed for our own blessing. You see, lying, stealing, killing, these seem obvious because they hurt others. But they also are there to prevent us from hurting ourselves, dehumanizing ourselves. Sometimes God says no simply to protect us from ourselves. I mean, the real reason that women live longer than men is this image that I just is showing you. This is an actual picture that my wife took. There is a reason that OSHA exists because sometimes men do really dumb things. But God created the universe and humans and relationships, and sex, and he puts all of these ideals because he wants us to enjoy them in the way that they were meant to be enjoyed, where we live at peace without hurting ourselves and others. God created us, and his principles and his rules are always pointing us towards human flourishing. God's heart is for each and every one of us. It took a revelation for me to catch this. But once I did, I began to learn that that in saying no, God was, was saying yes to something greater. You see, Christian maturity doesn't come without surrender. But it is the only way to live. And I don't know where you are this morning, 
But I believe that, that God wants to give this same revelation to each and every one of us. It's a revelation from his heart that his heart is for us and that if we just begin to surrender, that we can begin to experience what God designed each and every one of us for. You see, part of the human struggle from the very beginning is this time and this goal of, of each one of us wanting to get God on our side, God to do our bidding. It's this idea that I know better. And as each one of us, as every toddler says, I do it myself. That's all of our struggles. I do it myself. I do it myself. But God is inviting us to a different way of living. What if we all did a yes day? But instead of, of God saying yes to every whim that we would have, what if, what if we began to say yes to surrendering our desires and to looking to a way of saying yes to God's heart, saying yes to God's will that will lead us down to a path of wisdom, truth, honor, justice, and love. Saying yes to God will ultimately be in the, our best interest because it will align us with how God created us. Saying yes to God will lead us to greater joy and to contentment and, and you can, more than you can ever possibly imagine. This ending is far different than the movie's ending. Not that it, the movie is bad, but how could Hollywood ever know the truth of Scripture? It's laying down our life to find it. Matthew 10, 39 says, Whoever finds their life will lose it. And to who, he who loses his life, they will find it. That is God's heart for each and every one of us. It's God's heart for us this morning that in surrender we find our lives. And so this morning, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge myself. I want to challenge each and every one of us. You see, senior skip day seemed like such a harmless thing. Why couldn't I just go and enjoy a, a harmless day with my friends? But, but it was also a teachable moment. My parents taught me about discipline, about hard work, and later, when I, I went to college and, and I began to, to pay money to go to classes, and I didn't skip even though I could because I knew the value of an education and I view, knew the value of that which I was paying for. How much more so when God is trying to teach us lifelong lessons that shape our heart, shape our character, shape our integrity, and shape the way that our lives will live in the way that they impact not only us, though, but, but the, those who are around us. And that is why when we begin to say the important things, we begin to say yes to God, God begins to do something beautiful inside of each one of us. So when it comes to having a yes day, I want to challenge us. How about we start having a yes day where we begin to say yes to God, saying yes to his will and yes to his way and yes to his principles and yes to his heart. Trust me, you can't outgive God.
You can't outthink his wisdom. You can't outlive his principles. And so when we start living according to his heart, you can't imagine how much better your life will be. I know a couple of friends who have told me when they began to come to that place of surrender and just saying yes to God, their life began to radically change. They say that's one of the turning points is when they just began to turn their will over to God and begin to say yes. Their life forever changed for the better. I know it's been true for me. I know it's been true for my friends. And I want that for each and every one of us. And so if that's you this morning, maybe, maybe you've been walking and following God for a long time, but you're at the place where you're ready to say yes again. Or maybe you've been just checking this whole spiritual journey out for a while and, and, and you're, you're not quite sure and you've had a lot of doubts just like I did at the beginning of the sermon where I shared those struggles and, and you're just kind of hanging on and, and you've been checking it out. Maybe you're at the place this morning where you're looking at your life and you're saying, God, would my life be better if I just surrendered it and said yes to you? And so if that's you, I invite you to open your hands this morning and to come to a place of surrender. And so as we pray this morning, think of that struggle that's in your hand or that decision that you're, that you're laying and, I, and just invite you to begin to say yes. Maybe it's just one day at a time or maybe even one decision or one hour where God is challenging you. God sees you, he knows you and he wants his best for you. And so this morning, let's come before him and surrendering our hearts to him. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you don't neglect your children. We thank you that you love each and every one of us, that you see us, that you encounter us, and that you draw us into your presence. God, that you so loved each and every one of us that you laid down your life for us and that you want to give us our lives back in a way that is more beautiful, more bountiful, and that we would begin to live our lives in a radical way where we surrender our lives to you and everything begins to change. God, we come to you this morning. We take that thing that's in our hands this morning and we surrender it to you. And God, we ask that you would forever transform it. God, help us to say yes to you in this moment. Help us to say yes to you in this decision. Help us to say yes to you in this day. Help us to say yes to you this week. And God, to test you and to see you, that you are faithful, that you are good. God, give us your Holy Spirit. Give us your wisdom and God, you promise that when we lay it down, that we will find you. And so, Lord, we surrender to you this morning. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for being good to each and every one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for being here with us this morning. I appreciate the opportunity to share with you. Thank you. If you didn't get a chance to watch the movie, go and enjoy it. It's a fun, lighthearted movie. But I hope, more importantly, you dig into God's Word this week and that you begin to find yourself saying yes to Him this morning and that the God who loves you will see you this week and begin to pour out His life and His heart into you this week. Go and be blessed and have a great week. I love you and see you again next week.